WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Hour number two of the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEEI. You can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Rich Keefe Show. We'll get Fitzy's take on... Really the two biggest stories of the day yesterday as uh, Rafael Devers called out the front office down at uh, Fort Myers and Matthew Slater retiring after a 15-year career all with the Patriots. We'll do that. What? Yeah, he sure did. Sure did. But it's a Would You Rather Wednesday, Fitzy, so we ask very simple questions. Would you rather this or would you rather that? And then you have to choose this or that and explain why. Okay, Rich, well, I'm going to tell the audience this. I'm going to carry over something from the previous break where I promised I would look up how much our Bruins same-game parlay, parlay oh, yeah, would pay there? out. Okay, how about this? Hmm. Would you rather win nothing tonight, or would you rather risk $10 okay. on the FanDuel Sportsbook in a Bruins same-game parlay, Rich Keefe Show style, of Bruins money line over six and a half goals, and a Connor McDavid anytime goal, $10 will win you $83.15 American. I hope you're sitting down out there. You're listening to that. That's not bad at all. You still got three hours to get that bet in, by the way, because it's a late one tonight. It's a 10-10 tilt, and if I may say so, yeah, I might we're get broadcasting that. That from good. WROI. That is a nice return on investment. Uh, I, was, I would say so. Yeah, I might do that in the next uh, the next break. That sounds too good, too good to pass up. What a day and age that we can talk about, like, yeah, during a commercial break, I'm going to gamble. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm glad I'm alive now. It is. This is a nice time. We've, we're finally in the best times. <laughs> There's nothing wrong in the world. This Just is, the way God meant it. <laughs> this is definitely the happiest. I believe of the it time. was your idol who said it was God's plans, Diz. Mm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Drake. Drake. Yeah. Uh, Drake. You know Drake. Uh, all right. Would you yeah, rather, yeah. Fitzy, would you rather have an NBA All Star game like you had on Sunday or no NBA All Star game? I'll take no NBA All-Star game. Thank you. We're kind of getting there because we, we had this same question, not in this segment, right? This show's relatively new, but as it related to the Pro Bowl, like there was many years where it was just like, are, are they, what are they doing? Like all, they're just so desperately trying not to get hurt, but they're also trying to play football, and it was just really weird. It took them – it was long overdue, but they finally scrapped it. And they're like, let's just have all the guys show up, and we'll film it, and they can just kind of play grab ass for a little bit, and we'll call that the Pro Bowl. Fine, whatever. The NBA, and I know a lot of the uh, the older uh, fans of the league are like really upset and they really want changes, but I don't know how you're going to be able to go back to it being like a real game. Guys take off regular season games. Guys barely play defense and trot up and down the court in the regular season and launch threes there. So what do you think this exhibition is going to be? And I also wonder, too, like all all-star games are or were better when you were a kid. It's a fact. Yeah. Like, just every single one of them was so much better when you were a kid. I wonder if even kids today enjoy the NBA All-Star Game. Like, they have to like seeing their favorite players, but you could probably speak to this. I, As a matter of fact, I can. As I re recounted with Hart on our Sunday program, uh, Saturday night, it was, uh, the majority of the weekend was me and the 11-year-old. Okay. And Saturday night, uh, whilst eating some late-night pizza, we watched the... Three-point contest, as well as Sabrina Ionescu, 
versus Steph Curry in the one-off male versus female Billie Jean King style three-point shooting contest. Yep, very good. No comments were made, Kenny Smith or Reggie Miller style, about ball size, distance, or whatever else that would stir the masses they or were ruffle a, feathers. They were a rough list in those two. That, but that was a tough mix. That was, I mean, I've, why do that? Like, you employ Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal's sitting in the front row, for God's sakes. Everybody's, ju- everybody's jumping over him in the dunk contest. And by the way, kids, yeah. kids now, like, you thought we love Shaq? Like, I'm sure in the day you either had or wanted an Orlando Magic Black number 32 or a Penny Hardaway jersey. I, say, I like the Penny day. more than Shaq, but I get your point. Yeah, people love Shaq. You know yeah, oh, I love those jerseys. I, you know what I did have? I had the Shaq Diesel tape. I was in on that, Stiz. Were you in on any of the Shaq rapping? Nah. It was not great, yeah. but uh, I definitely... It was ungood. I had one of the one of the tapes. That's so funny because I was first in line to yeah. go see both uh, Steel and Kazam. Steel, 1997 Steel, almost mm-hmm. made our list for worst comic book movie ever made. Just figured One it was the worst movies ever made. Wasn't Kazam might enough. be the most insulting Kazam. movie ever made. <laughs> yeah. And then he had Shaq Fu, the video game. He had his hand in a lot of different pots back in the 90s. But, but like my yeah, kid, my 11-year-old son, Thomas, yeah. loves Shaq. Every time he was on screen, he'd say, Dad, there's Shaq. Oh, my God, Shaq's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, um, even though I live in an area that is awash with great pizza options, he always says, like, Dad, can we get a shakaroni from Papa John's? Shakaroni? <laughs> yeah, like, the, it's, like it's got so 25% much money. more pizza, just like Shaq likes. <laughs> it's actually a uh, spoiler. It's pretty damn good. Is it good? Yeah, all oh, right. It's good. We'll take um, it. Anyway, so we're watching the All-Star game, and he loved the three-point shooting contest, loved the one-off uh, Ionescu versus Curry. As soon as they got to the dunk contest, fell asleep. Yeah. Yeah, I and then what, next night when we watched the All-Star game, he watched for approximately... About as long as he watched uh, the Patriots Cowboys game this fall, like minute and a yeah. half too, and then he was like, "This stop, this sucks." Oh, this is what this is. Yeah, it's nothing. It's also, also, and this is this is an old man moment. But the another big difference between the All Star games then and now is like growing up uh, in the '90s, it was so much more difficult to watch. Like how many uh, Steph Curry games would I have, or Luka Doncic games, or Jokic games would I have a chance to see as a kid? Uh, or, you know, whoever the 90s version was of those guys. Whereas now it's like I can go on Twitter. I can see the highlights of every single one of these guys. I can watch any game at any time in any location. So it's not like, ooh, like that was one of the appeals of the MLB All-Star game as a kid. There were certain mm-hmm. National League players. They were almost like cryptids because you never saw them play. They never played against the Red Sox. They were never on TV, or at least, the, you know, the three channels I had growing up. So you're like, oh, my God, that's Tony Gwynn. That's who they were talking about, with Tony Gwynn. Wow, Mike Schmidt really hits the ball further, <laughs> yeah. and he's yeah. got a huge mustache. So now, like, that appeal is completely gone. And then when you gone. throw in the fact that they have more than mailed in the game, like, that is a, let's just Which run up and There were 397 it. points scored, yeah. and the effort that Adam Silver undertook to put the teams back in their proper conference's side in hopes that it would be more competitive only to watch everyone just lob dunk passes and whip the ball no, around they don't, for... they don't three, care, and it's like you're not going to get play. them to care. I just don't think you're gonna. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna have the game. Too many of these guys are friends. There's like mm. you can count the rivalries on one hand with room to spare. There just aren't. Does, uh, you want to go back to AAU or whatever? It doesn't. It doesn't exist anymore. Teams um, don't really hate each other. So over the weekend, we also uh, were joined by uh, my pal John Corrales from Boston Sports Journal, who does a great job covering the Celtics, and he offered up this fix for All Star Saturday. Okay. Can't fix the All Star game itself. Like that's that's out. That's, that's beyond dumb. repair. Yeah, that's yeah. like Mac Jones on the Patriots. It's beyond repair. Let's yeah. just be done with it. But Saturday, his fix was a 
the dunk contest is done horse style. So I go first. I try a dunk. If I make it, you have to now do the dunk I just did. Yeah, that's so, not too and, bad. You get a lot of misses, though, so you need. Uh-huh. So just as soon as you're done with it, yeah, you get a letter yep. and move on. Okay. Yeah, maybe episode. Keep it moving. Uh-huh. Uh, also, uh, the three point contest. Instead of shooting off racks, you have somebody passing you the ball. So it's catch and release three point style, like kind of like having like your dad or your batting practice coach pitch to you in the All Star game. And three, this is my favorite part. Uh, one, uh, there's a one on one tournament. So eight players do a round-robin, one-on-one tournament, and somebody gets to be crowned the one-on-one champion yeah. of the NBA. Now, there would be major juice of, like, two, like, imagine if it was Luka against Shea Gilgis-Alexander in a one-on-one. Yeah. Like oh, best it would, of seven. it'd be amazing, but I think what you, my fear with the one-on-one is similar to the dunk contest. Too many guys would be afraid to get embarrassed. Because somebody, if they're really playing for real, someone's getting their ankles broken, and then it's just going to be live on forever. Or someone's going to get stuffed. Well, people in the get third posterized row. all the time, and then come back the next night and put up forty points. That's true, but like a, in a one-on-one in All-Star Weekend with every of the, all the best players in the world are sitting courtside watching you. I think that's why they don't do the dunk contest. I really do. I think they're embarrassed, oh, or they are afraid that, to be embarrassed. That's got to go too, by the way. In its current iteration, that's got to go. Let's be done with that and the All-Star Game. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's probably it's run its course. I think the three-point contest is fine as is. You get star players to do it. You run around. You juice the racks. Do whatever you want to do. If you want to bring in a few WNBA players that can shoot lights out, I'm game for that. I could, you could also even do teams if you wanted, and then that way you'd have like put the Splash Brothers on one team. They like the so then you're also relying on another guy to score point or to to make a shot. So it's not as individual. But either way, that's like the one thing I think is fine. Okay, next year, uh, a I want to get a, a a quick temperature check on something from this year, and then your excitement level for something we'll likely see next year. Mm-hmm. One, what did you think of the LED court? And two, what do you think next year about Seth Curry against Caitlin Clark? Yeah, I definitely want Curry versus Clark next year. That has to happen. Yes. Uh, I also liked the court. I thought the court was good. Now, it sounds like it's not, it's too slippery to play a game on it. Yeah. You you can't do it. And, like, I know some of the guys, even Jalen Brown talked about after the dunk contest how slippery it was. But it was cool. It added a little something extra. I kind of thought I liked it. Yeah, so did I. I thought it was really, I thought it was really fun that they were showing highlights on it, changing colors, different, uh, emulating different home courts. For for an all star yeah. game or an a, an exhibition, yeah. I was pretty slick. Uh, going back to the, like fixes, because I know I, I, a lot of people have had them. I haven't even read all of them, so I'm like, I don't know. I think you're kind of screwed here. But you mentioned one on one. Do you think you could get guys to play competitive three on three? And if you're like, hey, you're only playing to like eleven, so it's not like, hey, you got to play this whole game. So like, can, can you play a little? Like, a, can you try for eleven points and do like a three on three thing? Just because the five-on-five five full court ain't it. Like, it ain't, unfortunately, it's... No. There's no future to it. It's not going to happen. Then let them draft their own three-on-three three teams and have a three-on-three yeah. three tournament on yeah. Sunday. That, again, that I'd watch. And if it goes over well, maybe we stepped into something. And that's kind of and stealing... if it doesn't, like, at least we tried. Yeah, kind of like the NHL, right? Like, they have they have multiple teams, and then the winner stays on, or whatever or whatever they do. They have, like, a little uh-huh. quick four teams, and then boom. That, that might be an idea. All right, would you rather... Baker Mayfield or Justin Fields if you're the New England Patriots? Baker Mayfield in a heartbeat. Okay. Now you have to pay I, him a lot more on money. Yeah, so with Fields, you're going to have to give up a pick. You're probably going to have to give up number 34. I know. Well, we'll see as we get closer to the draft. player that you're going to have for four years. Yeah. And people, keep, people keep forgetting this. You're, you're giving up 
a very high, uh, like a veritable first round pick. Pick 34 is just a, practically in the first round. That in a yeah, sixth yeah. rounder can get you back into the first round if you want to, uh, or a fifth rounder. So not only are you giving up a high asset for Fields, but you're going to have to make up your mind on his fifth year option, ASAMFP, and probably lock him up to a long term deal. So you're basically looking at committing a French load of money, if you will. That was the me saying something different than what you thought I'd say. <laughs> uh, to to pay this guy. So now you're committing to him. You're kind of pot committing to him for a while. Whereas yeah. like Baker Mayfield just showed you that he can still sling it in this league. And if you give him some decent weapons, sling it and win and yeah. like keep you in games. I and oh, you don't have to give up a pick for him either because we're on the uh, the draft Marvin Harrison bandwagon. Mm-hmm. I would say, I guess my priority, you sort of eliminate those top three quarterbacks. So it would probably be Baker Mayfield, Justin Fields, Bo Nix, I guess would probably be my next order. Because I'm not mm-hmm. anti-Justin Fields by any stretch, but I think I would probably prioritize Baker Mayfield because then you get to keep the pick. You get a quarterback, you get Marvin Harrison, and yeah. then you can grab a big Haas tackle or something in, at 34. You know who it doesn't sound like will be pro Marvin Harrison Jr. at three. I don't think Elliot Wolf is going to be. Chris Price, I don't know if you had a chance to read this over the weekend. Uh, he reposted it. It was published last Friday. He did a nice little uh, little piece talking to people that knew Elliot Wolf. Um, yeah. Excuse me, the Wolf of Ball Street. Yeah, yes. right, exactly. Um, Wolfman. And spoke to uh, Ron Wolf, his dad, and yep. then other people that he had worked with in the league and that have known him for a long time. And Ron Wolf's line was, you know, isn't it something along the lines, as I paraphrase here, how badly you need a quarterback? What are you going to do, draft a wide receiver and have no one to throw him the ball? <laughs> well, no, unless they know for sure they could get Mayfield. Now, there's no guarantee that you're getting Mayfield. Plus, you know, he could very well stay with the Bucks because they, Elliot Wolf was the assistant GM in Cleveland for two years. The first year, so you don't know if these were his ideas, if he signed off on it, or he might have been the one guy in the room that was like, no, don't do this. But he was there in Cleveland when they drafted Baker Mayfield number one overall, and then he was there in 2019 when they traded their first-round pick for Odell Beckham. So like those are two things overall that I like, like being aggressive, mm-hmm. trading a first-round pick for an established player. Now, unfortunately, it didn't work out, but that was a big swing that they wanted to take. And he also took uh, Denzel Ward at four overall. So like a good, good I worked player. out really yeah, well. Yeah, no, definitely. All right, you guys can join us at 617-779-7937. You can answer any of those would-you-rather questions. Maybe you're playing along at home. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy, but right now it's time for Stiz and What's Trending. Sorry, hold on. That just didn't work. Let's try this one more time. There we go. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. All right, trending now, brought to you by Fizzit. FortMyers.com. The Patriots held press conferences today to introduce their new coaches. Gerard Mayo kicked things off, followed by new defensive coordinator Demarcus Covington, new offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt, and Jeremy Springer as the new special teams coordinator. Here's actually a little bit from head coach Gerard Mayo. Uh, it was definitely a learning experience. Uh, I've interviewed people in the past before for other jobs. Uh, but this one was a little bit different, but it was it was exciting, and I felt like I learned a lot. I learned a lot uh, from the coaches that came in and interviewed that didn't get hired. Uh, hopefully, they had a, a good uh, sense of what we're trying to build here. Um, but it was it was good. It was good. Patriots have 17 new coaches in total. 
The Bruins' four-game road trip out west begins tonight. They're in Edmonton taking on the Oilers. Puck drops at 10 p.m. from Rogers Place. Edmonton currently on an eight-game win streak. Both teams have 33 wins on the season. Linus Allmark will be in the net for your Bruins. Also, some Bruins milestones approaching. Jim Montgomery closing in on 100 wins. He's currently at 98. Brad Marchand closing in on 400 goals. He's currently at 397. And David Pasternak coming up on 700 points. He's currently at 697. According to Chris Cotillo, the Red Sox have shown interest in former Yankee slugger Gio Urshela. Urshela, a free agent and looking for his next opportunity after spending the 2023 season with the Los Angeles Angels. Also, Sox right-hander Brian Bayo told reporters today that he is engaged in contract discussions with the team and that they are more or less close to a new deal. And Celtics back at it tomorrow night in Chicago, taking on the Bulls. Xavier Tillman no longer on the injury report and Jaden Springer has been updated to questionable. Again, trending brought to you by visitfortmyers.com. Red Sox fans, it's your time for spring training in Fort Myers. Chair on your favorite team at JetBlue Park, then explore the islands, beaches, and neighborhoods between games. Tickets for spring training are on sale right now. Start your planning today at visitfortmyers.com. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Ritz Key Show coming up. Remember, you can listen to WEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEI. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEI. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy, WEI, Jalen Brown, the first all-star in like seven years to be in the dunk contest. Fitzy, do you think that that'll have any impact going forward? Do you think Jalen Brown being in it will maybe encourage some other good player, like actual NBA players to partake or not so much? I sure don't. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Like he didn't embarrass himself, but he wasn't great. He didn't win it. it I'm glad that he did it. Like, I think it's all positive. Like, Either, all right, there's yep. just going to be another year with no All-Stars, and then next year probably also will have no All-Stars, and we just kind of go on with it. So at least you got, like, a kind of a spike this year to be like, all right, what's he going to do? He tried. You know, he did He did what he could. Wasn't great. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't really feel like it. I think what you need is you need, like, a couple of guys to be like, hey, let's do it. And then, so it's just not what it is, like the G League kind of All-Star game. So Mac McClung yep. and Jacob Toppin, some other dude. Yeah, Jaime Jaquez. Yeah, and listen, I appreciate the fact that Jalen Brown. You know, some people were saying afterwards, like, "Oh, you don't understand, Jake, uh, Jalen Brown's. Uh, his dunks were art. They were also thoughtful. Like he's wearing the glittering glove, just like Michael Jackson, and he's in Michael Jackson's home state of. You know what's hilarious Indiana. is nobody oh. got that, and everybody thought that he was making. He was like acknowledging all of the internet jokes about how he has no left hand and he can't do anything with his left hand. Oh, right, that, that was totally me. No, but everybody thought that. Yeah, everybody. Well, everybody everybody yeah. thought they're like, oh wow, he must really see all the memes and all the videos and all. Yep. Some of it's like, like ridiculous. When he like, came out with the glove, I was yelling, "Oh, he's trolling!" I'm like, everybody. look at this. No, he wasn't. He was doing Michael Jackson. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, uh, big Michael Jackson man. guy. You like yeah, everything yeah, about Michael nope. Jackson? No. So anyway, yeah, it was, it was more of a tip of the cap to, to Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, and then like sort of a tribute to D. Brown and yeah. sort of a trip like I, I, that's all going to be lost on the audience therein. Like there's zero chance. Matter of fact, yeah, his dunk over the dude who was also like 
five two, five foot three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sitting, sitting in a in chair. chair. He got booed. So you know what happened there is after he did that dunk and they didn't pick up on it. Reggie Miller and Kenny Smith clearly didn't because they were having a tough night. Yeah. And they were like, oh, the crowd didn't like the dunk. Oh, no, maybe they didn't like the judges. No, they were wrong on both. What happened is, and they showed the replay twice. They still never picked up on it. What they what did happened? on the what, on the LED court, as soon as he did that D. Brown dunk or tried to do the D. Brown dunk, they changed the whole court to look like the Garden Parquet. So oh. it was Pacers fans being like, hey, don't do our court like that. Like, that's that's what it was. Oh. It, was, it had nothing to wow, do. they really had a bad broadcast. They had a Nobody horrible broadcast. That. Because they when they sh- they panned out well first of all they missed the first Jalen Brown dunk the cr- the camera guys did oh that was great I was like I'm like that's is this- on the director that's a hundred percent on the director I'm like is this on my TV I'm like did I screw up no but they 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 showed it twice and not did none of the broadcasters mentioned it they weren't booing Jalen Brown he made the dunk he missed okay. the D Brown thing obviously and then they're like maybe they're booing the judges and the judges were bad too but whatever it's like no they changed the floor to look like the garden floor that's all it was. All right, let's go to uh, Glenn in Martha's Vineyard. What's going on, Glenn? Hey, how's it going? Good. Hey. Good. Like, love you guys together. I think it's a great show. Thank you. I want to say you. that. Uh, but I got, a, I got a good idea for the dunk contest moving forward. Go ahead. All right, so play like a game of horse, but instead of horse, you make it like pig, NBA, like a tournament, and you get three chances to match the other guy's dunk. You know, you got to flip a coin to see who goes first. Yeah, you do like a pig tournament where it says NBA, but then the last round between the last two finalists says dunk. Got it. All right, Glenn. It was kind of like an idea that Fitzy brought up earlier. I know you can't listen to the entire show, but sort no, of it happens. It happens. Horse, we'll pig, happen. NBA, dunk. Hey, if anything, you know what? If anything, at least it's great to know that uh, some of the finest minds in New yeah. England think alike. I thought it would it would have been a great call. I thought he was going to say, "Hey, I got an idea for the dunk contest." Don't. That's what I thought he was going to say. <laughs> but no, he didn't. He if he it. did that yeah. and then just hung up, yeah. that would have been a great mic drop. They shouldn't do it. Like, okay, all right, fair enough. All right, fine. Okay. Uh, so uh, my question about, you know, does Jalen Brown have any kind of impact? Unlikely. Now, what about the big story of the day yesterday? Raphael Devers threw his interpreter saying this. Everybody knows what we need. You know what we need. And they know what we need. It's just some things that I can't say, like, out loud. But everybody that knows the organization and knows the game know what we need. Does this have any impact on what the Red Sox do going forward? Could this be the John Henry getting booed at Red Sox winter weekend at MGM Springfield like (laughs) last year? It could be because if you've got your star player, who's the one that you signed in a panic because you got booed by your fan base and booed heavily in a public celebratory forum, you sign him, and now this guy is the one coming out saying for everybody to hear. That went that clip went hyper-viral in no time at all. Oh, yeah. I do think that this actually forces them to, like, all right, fine, just go get someone else. But, I mean. Or do they trade Devers? They just, like, double down. And they're like, they trade Kenley Jansen. They trade Devers. They it. trade a couple guys, and they're like, screw you. I Like, part of me really does think John Henry went the other way with it after getting booed out of the building two years ago. He mm-hmm. skips it this year, and then I think he's like, screw him. I think it, I think it may have backfired. I think Henry's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm in, I got a billion and a half dollars into golf. I got Liverpool going. I'm trying to do these super soccer leagues. I got all this other stuff going. I got the Penguins now. Yeah, I think he gives way more of a rat's ass about that. I also think he th- he feels that the fans are spoiled because when he yep. showed up to town, 
there wasn't a World Series parade. There wasn't anything. And then they've won four, so he's like, you guys should be good. You guys should be good now. We we won enough. And that's obviously not how the fans and uh, we feel. But no, I, I it's think, not, but this team seemed like it seemed like they were a little bit more invested in the team even a couple of years ago. No, that is true. I, I He's got to be so – if he even cares, and that's, I think, up for debate, but if he cares, John Henry – Mm-hmm. he's got to be so mad about this Devers thing because he's like, the one guy we actually did freaking pay, the one guy that we did shell out the money to, he's the Bite one talking the hand trash. That feeds you. Yeah, exactly. He's like, he's the one talking trash. And this is far and away the biggest Red Sox story of the last several weeks, and it's going to be going forward. Like, until they play a game, probably, we're going to keep referring back to the Rafael Devers comments and seeing how, if anything, changes going forward. Yeah, Kenley Jansen does the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast mm-hmm. over the weekend yep. and says, like, yeah, I signed a two-year deal here because they said and you know, the first year we were going to try our hardest and, you know, come year two, the plan would really take shape and we'd be getting after it. And now they're doing the exact opposite. They're offloading talent. They're not spending money, you know. Yeah. It feels like I would, you know. You know, in, in so many words, you know, he's basically saying, like, he feels like he was misled and he's still going to go out there. As pro- he's not going to go give a half-ass effort just because he believes the front off front office is half-assing it, but that's great. Like, so what does it matter if they're still if they're down six-two? What's Kenley Jansen going to do? Try to hold it to a four-run deficit? He, yeah, no, exactly. Because I think that's the crazy thing is last year this team. Now I know they they finished in last place and they actually had the identical number of wins each of the last two seasons, but they were two games out at the deadline. And not that they looked like a wagon, but baseball, there's been so many examples of just get into the playoffs and who knows what the hell can happen. And so Heim Bloom was really bad at the last couple of trade deadlines. That, if if nothing else, was the reason why he was gone. But then you come in with this team and you're like, all right, you have a good bullpen. You had an all right, you had a pretty good lineup, even though you just lost mm-hmm. a couple of guys this year. You got to beef up the rotation. And they're like, no. Like we'll get Lucas Giolito, who played for three teams last year, sucked for all of them, and you're like, we got Lucas Giolito for a year, and the same guys that we had last year. Like, wait, what? Like, are you trying to contend or not? And it feels like they're not. It just it feels like they're just tr- they're, I don't know. Like you've probably done the same. We all have where it's just sort of like, did you did you even go shopping? Did you think about dinner tonight, or did you just grab <laughs> a bunch of different things that you had yeah, right. around the pantry and like? You know, this could be something it like, plate. It's like oh, well it's food isn't it like yeah. yeah but this doesn't feel okay here's what it bothers me the most yep it doesn't feel like a cohesive team it no. when they talk about having a plan what i just want to know what the plan is and they won't tell us poor you know oh, god no. is yeah. always tap dancing poor sam kennedy like that guy even he's out of things to say at this point like yeah but he can't know. be wagging his finger at people and being like oh we're trying it's like don't you're not. What, they, what are they going to do? Come out and say it's a. Are they going to say bridge year again? Are they going to say it's a rebuild? Yeah, you don't say tank, bridge. You don't say bridge transition. year. But I just feel like when you get so defensive about it, and you're like, oh, like if anybody says we're not committed, like you're a liar. And you're like, all right. Well, based on what you guys have done over the last couple of years, how could you possibly, with a straight face, suggest you are as committed now as you were before? I even think you can admit that it's not going to be like it was in 03 and 04 ever again. Ever, ever, ever again. That was fine. Let that be a unique yes, time in our it lives. It was right, but I don't. Th- and then, and then, in all of this too, you have the manager, and I, I wonder if he even makes it through the entire season. But here's Cora 
today talking about uh, Rafael Devers' comments. Well, two things. It's his opinion, and we got to respect that. And second, he's not afraid to talk to you guys. He talked to you guys for 25 minutes, which is awesome, you know. And uh, I like the fact that he sat here and he talked and he was open about it. And, uh, you know, he's not a kid anymore. I know he hates to be called the face of the franchise, but I'll call him the carita of the franchise. <laughs> Do you see this as him maybe getting a little more comfortable in his own skin? He is, he is. You can tell. Just in the clubhouse, in the meetings, the way he expressed what he wants, the way he sees himself, what he needs to do to get better, uh, it's, it's been good. And, and is talking about kind of team issues um, as he sees it, part of that in, you know, that maturation maybe where he's growing into the leadership role? I'm growing to be more comfortable uh, with who he is, what he means to the organization and what he wants. Cora must have gotten a pretty good chuckle out of the comments. He must have been pretty oh, thrilled, I would imagine. He sounds <laughs> thrilled. The same guy that banged out last week with yeah, a yeah, tummy case ache. of the runs. We had yeah. a tummy ache on day one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he couldn't be there. Uh, doesn't want to be with the... Uh, he clearly doesn't want to be with the Red Sox, or at least this version of the Red Sox. Why are they doing this to him, though? Why is that... I, I, I don't understand. It turned really quickly. I wonder if they if will find out they did offer him an extension, but they lowballed him, and he's like, listen, I saw what council made. Like, I want more money. I wonder if it's a money thing or Ew. what. I don't know. Or maybe he even wanted Breslow's job. I don't know. Does Breslow maybe have one of his guys who can come in cheaper and work with the analytics and like, oh no, I'll Probably. give you, I'll 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 give you ninety percent of what you want for thirty thirty yeah. percent less. I don't know, possible. All right, let's go to the phones on the socks. We have Bob in Londonderry. What's going on, Bob? Bob. Hey guys. Hey Bob. I think in reference to the Red Sox, I admit I'm not the biggest baseball fan. All right. Uh, but you know, I feel bad for you people that you. Are, have followed the Sox for years. That's right. Uh, they seem to be going into this season. It's just this, this isn't going to go well. It's going to be like the Patriots. This just isn't going to go well, and I'm not sure there's much you can do about it. Hope for the best and see what happens. That's all. All right. I guess that was a little pep talk there from Bob. There you go. I guess with that, that's what that, that was. was. Nice. A little kick in the rear. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go tap the play like a champion today, sign, yeah. and then run out in the field. That should help. Thanks a lot, Rob. Appreciate that. Basically, that was a uh, <laughs> thoughts and prayers call. Tees and peas. That was a tees and peas right there. Well, I mean, all you people that watch the Red Sox and grew up on the Red Sox, like yeah. I mean, okay, so uh, Sunday, all you even even part of Andy Hart expression. Yeah, he stole you a people. heart, you people. Stole a heart. So speaking of you people, Sunday, Hart and I played a little. A variation of guess them stats. We did. Uh, I love guess, guess them stats. I do too. Yeah, I do too. It's going to be real easy to guess them stats on the Sox this year. <laughs> Whatever they're projected, just guess under. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we played guess them odds. Oh, guess them odds. Yeah, and we were looking at the win totals for all various teams in Major League Baseball. Oh, somebody so, texted that in recently too. They they saw it at seventy eight. I've seen it as high as eighty and a half, which I would take the under. I saw seventy nine and a half as of Sunday. Okay, I'm still taking the under on that. Yo, yeah, I'm uh, boy howdy, in doodly. Uh, I was listening to our sister station WFAN in New York today for a little bit just to get the feeling of what it's like to be excited about baseball. Mm, I remember, and that. they are all, all, all in on this this iteration of the Yankees. Oh my you know? God, Judge Soto hitting back to back in the lineup. Yeah. What and a you, treasure! And, 
getting Stro- uh, bringing in Strowman as well. Like they made yeah. capital improvements to the Yankees team. Like they're not effing around. Nope. They're they actually have the highest win total projection, ninety three and a half in the AL East this year, even over the Orioles mm. and the Blue Jays. What's the Orioles number? Eighty nine and a half. I would take the over on the Orioles. I don't think they're like a fluke. And they just added Corbin Burns. They, that was the one thing. They didn't really have like a true stud ace. I know like Bradish and a couple of guys were good, but I'd go this? with the over on the Orioles. Okay, here's two others from the National League I'd like to maybe see if I could uh, get a get a feel for. Mm-hmm. Dodgers, take a guess what theirs is. 100. 103.5. Yeah, That's like the, yeah. now it's time to worry about the fever. Yeah, that's a 103.5. lot. 103.5. Yeah, we got to call somebody now. Uh, yeah. That's such a big number. I might I might take the under because things don't always go the way you expect them to. So they're an absolute wagon. They are. I know, but like Otani's not pitching this year. But still, sure. yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of win. I mean, you could win a lot of wins, 100, 102 games, and be fine. But speaking of their division, though, yep, the Diamondbacks, your team, the Snakes. Snakes last year won eighty four games, made it all the way to the World Series. They did. Their win total this year. Oh, uh, 83 and a half. Ooh, yeah. Because I would go. I whatever. I thought their number would be higher, and I would take the under. I would say, all right, they were kind of a flukish team. Corbin Carroll had an awesome rookie year, but overall, like that was one of the jokes when you're looking at the roster in the World Series. Like, who the hell are any of these guys? Yeah, I know they just completely overplayed uh, what they were in the playoffs. So it's great that they were above I, expectation, but I if I had to pick one, I would take the under. But I think that's a pretty good number set by the old. I'd feel Vegas pretty people. good. I'd feel pretty good taking the over on that one. Would you? Like, well, why can't they win like yeah, eight? It's simple, eighty six, eighty seven. We'll get it done. I'm yeah. not even sure if that'll be a wild card, but true. Yeah, seventy nine and a half feels, and some people having seen it at eighty point five, eighty and a half somewhere. Ge- that is generous. Yeah, they're not going to win more games than they did each of the last two years. I don't see how that's happening. Especially like I wonder if if you're thinking about it, you might as well get in on the under now because as soon as they trade. Kenley Jansen and Jaron Duran and Chris Martin. They'll probably be like another game or two. Sakes, why would you trade Jaron Duran? I do not. I don't know. For the life of me, understand. And I'm sure you saw that little nug over the weekend where Tristan Casas said, "Yeah, that's great." That the Sox had approached him about an extension, and then he's and he was then he was asked. I think Brad Foe asked him like. Was it hard to was it hard to turn down? And he said, "Nope, nope." He was like, "Yeah, not even a little bit." Uh, oh, I had that somewhere, but anyway, uh, let's go back to the phones. We got Fred in Rhode Island. What's going on, Fred? Yeah, how you doing? I'm just calling in with, uh, I think, a minority opinion. All right, uh, there we go. You know, I I'll be rooting for the Sox. I'll follow them this year. I agree with you guys that uh, I don't think they're going to do very well. No, but there'll be some high spots. And you just spoke about Jaron uh, Jaron Duran. I I don't know why they were on trade him either because he is an exciting player. But the two guys, you know, the quotes that you just played, you know, first of all, Cora. I'm not a Cora fan. I think they should have let him go. He never has the team prepared. They kind of always waste April. And Devers, he should just be quiet because he should concentrate on maybe improving his defense to be a decent defender and learn how to hit in the clutch. But do you I not agree with them, Fred, that they, you know, could use some pitching? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Right. Oh, I yeah, think, definitely. I mean, Fred, but, I think uh, the reason why he's speaking up is because no one else, he is the de facto or unofficial team leader, which Cora talked about him not loving or embracing the role of, but someone has to do it. So he took it upon himself, which is a, a, a sign that there's some maturation going on there. But if he doesn't say it, then who does? 
Yeah, I suppose so. But uh, he doesn't have many legs to stand on because he, he has some decent stats, but he's really he's not a clutch hitter and he's not a good fielder either. No, he's definitely not a good fielder. I mean, we could quibble. I think he's a pretty damn good hitter. I mean, you mm-hmm. could say he's a little overrated. Like when when he got the contract, we were talking about how he, you know, he's never been a top ten MVP finisher. But based on his age, what he has been able to do, he has had some playoff moments. I would mm-hmm. say he was like you wanted to keep him, but the problem is all of a sudden he was like your best guy, and he is better suited to be. So your second best guy, maybe not the face, maybe like another guy in the lineup, not the one that you're always looking to as to, to get you out of a big spot. I mean, you go from guys like he's, you know, Ortiz, Manny, Mookie Betts. He is not, but he's certainly better than a lot of the other guys that are along the way. Also, you mentioned they're bad in April. Last year they had a winning record in April, but either way, if you don't like Alex yeah. Cora, that's fine. But I don't know if that's the reason why I wouldn't like Cora. And I feel the opposite of Fred. I'm I'm glad Devers said what he said. I think the front office or John Henry specifically, once he gets word of what happened there is probably annoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was a big step forward with the fans. Like, it's not like, Hey, Devers has his money. He could give a rat's ass. No, I think he does care. And I get that. That's always a good sign when, when your guy who was working for that big contract gets the big contract, but it's still completely invested and wants to win. I know it should be kind of, you know that should be the case for everybody, but we know that it's not. So I thought it was, I thought it was a good thing for him, as far as his connection with the fan base. Yeah, I agree, and it's good. His his manager likes it. I'm sure his team also likes it. Yes, you know, maybe yeah. just maybe, maybe in in trying to look at things positively or giving people that are listening before the first pitch is even thrown in spring training at JetBlue, mm-hmm. Fenway South. Let's just think. Maybe just maybe these guys will all be so mad. You know what was it last year that Heim Bloom said? Uh, the uh, when they didn't uh, where, you know, when they didn't make trades at the trade deadline, there was some operative phrase that he used that pissed everybody off. Mm-hmm. Um, but underdogs. Oh, it wasn't what, uh, artful. I think was what it was. I forget what it was. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe just maybe these guys will be so pissed. Yep. At the fact that they haven't been given reinforcements and that everyone's picking against them and doubting them, that they'll play their asses off and be entertaining for. As long as they can. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. fingers fingers crossed on that. Uh, so you could join us, 617-779-7937. Uh, because of the latest movie that Davey and I reviewed for the Hashtag Dork Podcast, Madam yes. Web, mm. the uh, discussion has now been brought up. What is the worst movie you have ever seen? I don't know if Madam Web is the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's certainly in the ballpark. It's in the conversation. So we'll go around the room. This is also a good thing if you want to text in 37937 or at Rich Keefe Show on Twitter and Instagram, the worst movie you have ever seen. 617-779-7937, the number if you want to jump aboard. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEEI. If you missed any of our Patriots Monday and Friday interviews, go back and listen on the podcast anytime. Just subscribe to the Rich Keefe Show on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. I've seen that man before. So who is he? Ezekiel Sims. He was in the Amazon with my mom when she was researching spiders right before she died. All right, back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy W-E-E-I. That was just a taste of Madam Web. Full breakdown on the Odyssey app, the hashtag dork podcast. Me and Davey, it's the lowest reviewed movie in the history of the dork podcast, the storied history of hashtag dork. Why? It's the first time ever 
We have both given something, uh, at least a movie, a one out of six. That's what matters. I mean, was it that bad? It's the worst. Like, there's no, there's nothing redeeming about it. It's amazing how bad it is. In fact, is it, it now? Is it so bad that it's art? Like you would go back and rewatch it, like The Room or Birdemic or Sharknado. So no, no. Like Sharknado's like kind of funny and like yeah, you would go back and watch it. This one isn't. Like, there's a few lines of dialogue that are, like, so bad they're kind of funny, but it's not to the point where, like, you'd want to watch a near two-hour movie over again. I think, like, the memes and stuff are going to be really funny and some of, like, the quotes they pull out of there, like that last one. Like, I think those are going to be funny, but not to rewatch the whole thing. I do recommend it, though. Like, the people that want the extremes, like, really, really good comic mm-hmm. book movies, really, really bad ones, this is an example of a really, really... Really bad one. Now, it's not the worst movie I've ever, ever seen, but at least got that discussion going a little bit. So I'm curious for everybody here in the room. Then I got a whole pile of text messages here we can read from as well. Uh, what do you got, Fitzy? What jumps out to you if somebody were to ask you, what is the worst movie you've seen? It makes you wonder why they didn't bury that like they did the Batgirl movie. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, there's no way Batgirl's worse than this. Can't no. be. But they, they're like, all right, we're putting this out. All right. Uh, number two was a movie I, the only movie I ever walked out of that was Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil the Clint Eastwood adaptation of the great novel from like 1993 or oh, 94 wow. okay. 25 minutes in I was more than certain that was the worst piece of garbage I've ever seen <laughs> or at least I thought and then I remembered back to a movie I saw in high school in 1991 Rich if you heard uh-huh. that John Candy Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, and Demi Moore were all in a movie together. This Look would out. have to be one be funny great. movie, right? It would be really good, yeah. Uh, uh, it was the worst movie ever made. Uh, Nothing But Trouble from 1991. A movie that huh. makes so little sense. Here's the synopsis. While attempting to seduce gorgeous lawyer Diane Lightson, wealthy gadabout Chris Thorne, played by Chevy Chase, agrees to drive her to Atlantic City. But when some reckless driving draws the attention... Of a deeply critical local cop, John Candy, they and the flamboyant Brazilian heirs who tagged along end up in the court of a grotesque and vengeful judge who has a vendetta against the wealthy and erudite. It's a lot in there. It's multi-layered. It's, it sounds like. Did you ever see like Dan Aykroyd looks stuff. like he's been Dan Aykroyd looks like he's been hit with like radioactive like sludge. Yeah. So I just pulled up the images of it. So it's dubbed as a comedy horror. Oh, it's oh, it's a horror, isn't it? Oh, like, it's a you'll horror. Be yeah, well, yes, that's oh no, you'll be terrified that anyone spent money on this or spent time. There's not a single laugh in the movie, wow. and there's even a two-minute musical number by the Digital Underground. Well, that I like. I do like the Digital Underground. It's been all around the world. Yep. So the uh, fresh off of like their success, <laughs> the Humpty Dance. The Humpty Dance. They got Still the Digital Underground it. to yeah. play like. The theme song of the movie in the middle of the movie while Dan Aykroyd's swamp court is trying Chevy Chase for running a stop sign. Wow, nothing but trouble. What oh, a... my God. It's the worst yeah, never seen it. piece of crap <laughs> Oh, look ever. at young Tupac. I, I dare both of you to make it through this movie. I don't know if I can. I don't think. I really don't. You're going to be I don't like, think you know it's what? Life is too free. short. It was so it was. Did you say this? It was written and directed by Dan Aykroyd? Mm-mm. Wow. Hadn't even gotten to that. Like Sorry. this was Dan Aykroyd, though. Yeah. When Dan Aykroyd took super unfunny pills, like when he did his um, Caddyshack Two character. Oh, like there's in- they're not all hits with Aykroyd. As much of a, as a legend that he is, there is a lot of swings and misses along the way. Oof. Yeah, that's Ooh, rough, man. 
If anyone out there saw this like I did and labored through it at any point, I've God rest you, God bless you. That's pretty good. Stiz, what one uh, jumps to the top of your list? Or bottom, so, I guess, as it were. Yeah, yeah, so I was, like, trying to go back, looking through old, I'm like, I, you know, because it's hard to pinpoint your worst, almost as if it's your favorite. Yeah, you, you know try, I mean? to, you try yeah. to forget about the worst ones, the so, best worst. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually going to a recent one. Okay. Uh, it was a movie that I saw this year. It was a horror movie. It was called Skinamarink. <laughs> Did anyone what? hear about this? Did I, I never heard see of this? Okay. No. So when the trailer first dropped for this movie, I was pumped. Oh, the okay. trailer looked so good. Um, but the movie, I don't even know how to explain it. The movie is just like lingering shots. I mean like lingering, like mm-hmm. three, four, five minutes of just like weird camera angles. Mm-hmm. It's hard to even pinpoint the narrative of what's got. I mean, just here's the, the, the two-sentence synopsis. Two children wake up in the middle of the night to find their father is missing and all the windows and doors in their home have vanished. Skin them a ring. Yes, and it, it, this was getting a lot of buzz, uh, like I said, when the trailer dropped, when it first came out. Oh, it's funny. on, on uh, 72 on Roddy T's. Rotten I, Tomatoes got 72 from I the I challenge both of you no. to try to watch this movie. Rich, no. I think you should just for science purposes. I, yeah, I probably should, right. Um, because I tried, and I, and I think maybe one day we might say, like, you know, oh, this movie... Uh, or or like skin a rink walk so that this movie could run <laughs> maybe because like I kind of see what the directors were trying to do okay like with the creepy atmosphere and stuff but it is just it is tough All it right. is tough to get through so mine's also a horror movie or one of the many but the one that, that I'll highlight here is love story <laughs> not love story <laughs> 2002's Fear.com. Oh, Fear.com was so bad. So bad. So I think what they were doing was they were trying Fear. to they were trying to rip off the ring in a way. So rather than like you watch a video and you would die, what happens is there was a you you'd literally go to fear.com. Because this is back this is dot com boom. Oh two? People were all over the, the internet, the World Wide Web. People were, were surfing that. So Stephen Dorff stars in a movie where after forty eight hours people will die after going to fear.com. But it really wasn't that scary. And I think I saw Rotten Tomatoes has a three, three percent, but it was the pits. It's one of the it's one of the worst. Wow, uh, Yoga Hosers. I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, but Yoga Hosers <laughs> was rough. That was the one like starring his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter. Did you see that Yoga Hosers? No, I never heard of it. Horrible. It sounds it, like you just made that up on the fly. It does. Now I think part of it, like he was supposed to, it was. I think supposed to be kind of spoof-ish, but like it didn't land that at all. Um, some of the ones on the text line, we got uh, Waterworld. That's sort of a classic. Uh, that's bad, but that's mostly Worst just because they spent too much money yeah. on it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Battlefield Earth. I was I was just going to oh, say, what was the John Travolta Scientology a, that's, movie? That's we have one. the leverage on the man animals. <laughs> I actually want to so see bad. that just to see how bad it is. Uh, Anchorman 2. Not, you can't I don't say that's the worst, the worst movie. Yeah, Ooh, Indiana, Indiana Jones Crystal Skull was for sure really bad. You ever see, that was the fourth one. The That was bad. I'll, I'll give you that. Ma- uh, yeah. Matrix Rebooted. Is that the second yeah. one? The mm. Reloaded? Yeah, yeah. Somebody didn't like Eraserhead. I don't yeah, remember Eraserhead. That was a long time ago. I dislike it that much. Secret Window? I don't think Secret Window was even that bad. Remember the Johnny Depp vehicle? Secret Window? I think it might have been a Stephen King book. Oh, did he, like, was he a writer? Yes. Yeah, he was. Yes. Yes. All. <laughs> Stephen King, was he a writer? Like, every single Stephen King? Oh, it was sort of like, yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, no, he was. Uh, bad. Oh, Bad News Bears 2. What? 
No, the now two, the remake, the... the remake with Billy Bob Thornton in 2005, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. sucked. Yeah. All right. Well, you can send those in to uh, three seven nine three seven uh, Howard the Duck. Batman Forever. So Batman for yeah. Oh, no, Keith likes it. I don't dislike hey, Batman. Everybody, no. chill. I mean, for Mister Freeze alone, that was Batman and Robin, which I would say oh. is worse. Batman Forever was Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face and Jim Carrey as the Riddler. There, was, there were a couple of moments. I didn't hate great. that. Honestly, I didn't hate that movie. All right, you can join the program, 617-779-7937. Two hours down, two hours to go. We'll get Fitzy's thoughts on uh, Matthew Slater, hanging him up, and we'll also uh, give you some of Alex Van Pelt from today as he spoke with reporters down at Foxborough. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEI.